Welcome to the Spiritual Executive Podcast with Sajal Shah, here to help conscious creators thrive in the world of work. They find their bliss by allowing the best of themselves to shine. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about burnout, what stops people from getting help. I've been thinking about this podcast and how it might help people listening. There are all kinds of reasons that stop people from getting help. I thought if I address those and shine a light on some of the common themes I've come across, that might help you to understand why you're slowing down your progress or even why a loved one might be doing that. There are about four key beliefs I've come across that have different variations. In this podcast, I'll go through those four key areas. And then I want to approach what lies beneath those beliefs. Clue, it's an emotion. And what the resolution might be. So let's get started with the four that stop people from getting help. The first one that I've come across is a stoic response. It's the feeling and belief that nothing can be done but to plow on. This is the way life is. I've just got to endure it. And if I have coped this long, I'll keep coping and get through it somehow. There's a kind of blind belief that just trudging through this is the way to carry on and make your way out to the other end. That does work in time for some people. The problem is the disadvantages that come with it, the harm that comes with it. There is so much of a pain and suffering that you and even those in your life have to accompany you on with. This isn't a way that will really solve the overall issue. You can come through a period of intense work and hopefully get to a place of more calm. But what happens the next time things go into overdrive? The second reason that people will say they can't get help is they might feel like they're a loner. There's this loneliness energy where the belief is that nobody can reach them, nobody can understand, nobody really knows what it's like to go through this personal hell. And that leads to the energy of this is so complicated that it would take a very skillful person to know exactly how to help me. So that's all tied up in the complexity of loneliness. The third belief that crops up, in my experience, is that it's all about the practical nature of dealing with the issue. So it could be a complete lack of energy to deal with what's causing the emotional burnout. Or it could be a practical fear that making any changes is going to take too long. I've also heard people say, I'm too busy with my work. I really don't have time to deal with the emotional side of what's going on. There's an attempt to shut down that feeling state, an attempt to really try and protect the person from the overwhelm that is going on. But in trying to shut that door, the energy zapping element of it still clings to them and the tiredness and the lack of sleep still dog them. The final 
reason I've come across that people say, well, it's not worth my effort in even trying this, is they have tried so many other things. Those other things haven't worked. So what on earth is the point of even attempting? And that kind of makes sense, the logic of it. If your experience in data gathering to date mean that you've not got anywhere close to improving your situation, why on earth will something else do the job? And quite frankly, change requires a willingness to be a little bit vulnerable to change, a little bit vulnerable to how things might transform. A habitual response is always easier to maintain and keep to, regardless of what a change might offer as an improvement. So all these beliefs, they are valid. I'm not denying the truth inherent in them. And ultimately, the person who is affected, only they can decide when they are ready to make a change. This is where I start to pivot to what is possible. And I'm going to start with my favorite word, ease. Doing more of the same is not going to lead to a resolution. That is the first note of ease. Doing more work, sitting there for longer hours, stressing for a greater period of time is not anything to do with ease. Just like when you're in the car, you take your foot off the accelerator and you start to brake. There is an easing down of motion. You don't do it in one fell swoop. If you do, there is all kinds of risks of harm to the self. And that emergency stop situation, that only comes up when it's really critical. But if you want to start easing down the intensity of the burnout experience, it's far better to start calming down the thoughts and beliefs that take you into overdrive. So in this journey of ease, what we want to do is start calming down the nervous system response. There's that adrenaline kick of fight or flight. When we start calming that down, you will actually start thinking more clearly. You will be more pragmatic. You will make fewer mistakes. If you remember in the last podcast I made about burnout and just introducing how EFT can help, this is all about allowing your mind to find its place of calm. And from there, you're going to function so much better because you have soothed the overwhelm, soothed the cortisol response. It might seem like this is sensational and unimaginable, but it doesn't have to be a big shift. It's really about using a tool that has a proven track record in helping bring relief, seeing how that works for you, gathering your own data points, and from there, making up your own mind about how you wish to move out of burnout into more of who you really are, which is someone who has a huge amount of personal strength and ability to function in a much better way. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Sign up for alerts on new content. I look forward to sharing my ideas with you another time.